Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. tonight as we get you set for Monday Night Raw on this Monday evening, a frigid Monday evening here in the Northeast. Thank you all for tuning in. Check us out on the Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Head on over there. we got discussions going later on tonight during Raw, as we do each and every week. We will have a Raw discussion thread going on, as well as right now we'll have a show chat going on. Uh, during the show, if you want to throw up your opinion, uh, a little shy, I don't want to call in, you want to get on the Facebook, get on over to the Facebook page, like us, and then get in on the chat over there, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. You can check us out on Twitter. Twitter, our handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. That is at the Ken Reedy Show. For all you Twitter followers out there, get on there, follow us on the Twitter and our website, thekenreedyshow.com. You want to check out. The website. It's a great website. Just head on over there. Check us out. We are set. We got so many things to get through, and we got to hear from you guys. 347 838 9815. That is the number to call. If you want your voice heard, if you want your opinion heard on the world of professional wrestling, got a lot of stuff on the docket. Just to let you guys know, fans of the show, pay attention. Lots of info. First off, next week. We're lucky enough that we're going to have, you may know him as Tugboat, Typhoon, or the Shockmaster. Fred Ottman will be joining us, spending a couple minutes with us next week. So, uh, you know, if you want to get on the Facebook page and, and throw some suggestions for questions on there, we'll take them into consideration. But Fred Ottman on the show next week, next Monday, uh, he'll be on the show. A little bit of scheduling differences coming this weekend. Amazingly enough, running two shows um, at, at some point, some point I knew there would be a conflict, and finally it happened. 
Um, those of you who follow my other podcast, internet radio show, whatever you want to call it, Pop Life, um, every year we do a special uh, Oscars pre-show to get you set for the Oscars, discuss the, the nominees. It's a call-in show as well. And as, as luck would have it, this year the Oscars and Fastlane are on the same night. So here's what we're going to do. You can spend your weekend with TKRS this coming weekend because we're going to shift and move the wrestling show, the Can Reedy show. That'll be on Saturday. And we're going to go from 3 to 4.30 on Saturday with our, our Fast Lane pre-show. Again, 3 to 4.30 on Saturday, we're going to give you a pre-show for Fast Lane. Then, check it, same website, same link, check us out on Sunday, where Pop Life is going to get you all set for the Oscars, and that show's going to run 6.30 to 8 o'clock on Sunday night to get you set for the Oscars. So, Give us a call on, on Saturday night, talk a little wrestling, shift gears on Sunday, talk a little Oscars and the movies and all that other good stuff. Spend your weekend with us this coming weekend. So many things to get through. Got the scheduling stuff out of the way. What a week of professional wrestling as we're heading into fast lane. So many things going on. We had PP Picks rearing their ugly head this week. And maybe the biggest story of the week, NXT, continues to wow fans and to, to just make sense of it all. I don't know. I, I couldn't do without my tag team partner. Let's bring him on the line. Dave is here. Dave, how are you doing this fine evening? You know, as, as great of an introduction that is, I will be perfectly honest with you. I do not care to dissect any peepee picks. Um, of of Seth Rollins, but I will be glad to give my analysis briefly on the the situation at hand, in public, if you will. It's funny, Matt, and and we're going to get into that a little bit later on, and, uh, you know, we don't need to, uh, you know, beat beat it. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just, it's funny, like, we're so juvenile, and and I I just, it's funny that, that when that scandal broke, that it was, one of our our best performing uh, statuses in the history of our Facebook page. Uh, we had so many comments going back and forth on that. So I don't know what that says about the maturity of, of us and our fan base, but it there was a none. pretty popular post, and we're going to get into that scandal a little bit later on. But I guess the big story coming out of uh, last week and uh, continues to be you know an interesting topic of conversation, and we're really going to get into it now. Um, NXT, and when NXT continues to, to give us on, on a weekend and, and week-out basis, uh, uh, and uh, last week uh, really gave us uh, a solid show, real good storytelling, um, simplistic storytelling, storytelling that for me was reminiscent of why I became a wrestling fan. Um, you know, case in point, you know, the title match, Owens versus Zayn, um, two friends, now former friends, one turns on the other. Now, you know, bitter rivals after being best of friends surrounding a championship match. Um, it, it's just, it's simple, and it works. And that's, that's wrestling in a nutshell. You know, those, those are the, wrestling is a morality uh, show, when, uh, a morality tale when it's being done well. And, uh, you know, I like the storytelling. I like the simplicity in storytelling. I know 
nowadays, since, uh, you know, kayfabe is not dead, it's it maybe on life support. Um, I think Owens is doing some great heel work, uh, even though he's going to get cheered uh, because, you know, people like him and people know that, you know, he's pretending to be a bad guy. He's not really a bad guy. Um, but I like what he's doing. Um, the, the unable to continue, I mean, they brought me back to years ago, and God rest his skull, soul, but when Rick McGraw was unable to continue against Roddy Piper, and then he actually passed away, um, you know, a few days later, and that was, uh, you know, they said, you know, in the match that McGraw was unable to continue. And, uh, you know, again, like back in the day when, when kayfabe was alive and flourishing, like people were like, oh, my God, Piper killed McGraw. Um, but it brought me back to that. Uh, you know, I thought it was great. I, I mean, when you look at stuff like, like the, the women's match, I mean, you know, people, you know, the women's match stole the show. And, I mean, geez, you got to go back to, you know, maybe Lita and, and Stratus, uh, Trish Stratus, to, to think about when the last time, especially in the WWE, uh, the last time the ladies uh, stole the show or even given an opportunity to steal the show. Uh, I think back to TNA when Tara and, and Mickey James had their cage match uh, on Impact. Um, you know, but, I mean, just to see the ladies give it their all like that, it was just it was a real good show, uh, real good wrestling. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes from my co-host is, you know, when people talk about wrestling and how uh, uh, sports entertainment is killing wrestling and all of this stuff. And Dave always says, the day they get rid of the ring is the day I'll start to worry. And it's not like the WWE, the main roster, has got, gotten rid of the ring. Um, but they've, they've moved away from the storytelling in the ring. And what I liked about NXT is they're simple storylines. They're allowing the guys to tell stories within the ropes. Um, they're developing in-ring psychology. And it, it was just solid stuff, Dave. It was a real, just a, almost as a traditionalist, as much as uh, there were a lot of spots um, I still just I like the psychology that was going on on NXT. Well, it, yeah, like you said, sometimes simplicity is the is, is the best storyline. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. And I think uh, you know Thursday nights or I'm sorry Wednesday night because it used to be on Thursday. The Wednesday night NXT show, um, they they those two hour specials they outdo themselves. They really do with the storytelling, the matches. There's a lot of time. You know I. I said this to you earlier in our pre-show meeting. I truly believe WWE management picked up all this talent off the indie scene that had been talked about, that had been raved about for years by internet wrestling fans. People begged for them to be hired by WWE, and they slightly altered their personas just a little bit, but let them still be a little bit of what made them famous on the indie scene, and they took those guys and they said, we're going to do the indies better than the indies do the indies here at NXT. And this is WWE's, not their developmental system, but this is their indie promotion in a, in a way. They kind of give the, the, the independent wrestling fans something to grasp onto that they may not grasp onto on, you know, the main roster and the main storylines on Raw and SmackDown. But, um, I mean, you know, the, the opening match was great. Tyler Breeze and uh, Hideo Itami. I think Hideo Itami is a work in progress, but... Um, he brings a lot to the table as far as his athleticism goes. Same thing with Tyler Breeze. Uh, the tag match, I just felt like there wasn't good chemistry between both teams. You know, there were a couple of blown spots, and I'm no wrestling expert, but it just seemed like the their, their chemistry wasn't there um, physically in that match with them, with each other. Uh, 
the old Dempsey Bear and Corbin match was short and sweet and to the point. The, the two guys are no nonsense. There's no disqualification. Um, you didn't need to add anything else to that. And uh, and then the, the, the three main matches at the end, the number one contenders match was great. Um, you know, a, a dream match for some fans and some fans who have seen it before know what these two were capable of. Uh, the, the women's match, in my opinion, best match of the night. They stole the show. Those girls had 20 minutes, and they went out there, and they wrestled, and they performed, and they put it all out there. And the main event, the main event was great. Storytelling was good. The in-ring action was solid. Um, both guys have a history together. People know that. It was just, it, it made for overall a good two-hour presentation of a wrestling show that, in my opinion, I feel the majority of wrestling fans, that's the kind of wrestling that they want to see. So I loved it. I, you know, I, I watch NXT every now and then on the network. I, I don't watch it as religiously as I should, maybe. But the stuff that these guys are doing, um, to me, I truly believe that the future is in good hands with these talents eventually move up to the main roster. Yeah, and the, you know, there's, there's a few questions that come out of you know NXT that that, that I find intriguing as, as a wrestling fan. And, and first of all is... You know, you, you hear the rumors, and again, stuff you hear online, I, I always take with a grain of salt. Even even the most reliable of sites, I can't necessarily take it as truth unless the WWE itself actually reports on something. But, you know, you hear the rumors and you hear the rumblings that, you know, Triple H has full creative control over NXT and, you know, Vince McMahon has more of a hand in, in the stuff in the main roster. And... um you know, it, 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 when you watch the two programs, there's a there's a decidedly different philosophy between both programs. Whereas, you know, NXT allows for that in-ring psychology, allows for, you know, again, the simplicity in storylines, which, again, I think works. That's what makes wrestling great. Sim- simplistic storylines, good versus evil, black versus white, you know, best friend turns on best friend. Two guys busting their asses for a number one contendership, like that—that's—that's that's wrestling, and let the psychology unfold in the ring. On the main roster, it seems like a lot of times with the storylines, they kind of want to spoon feed you. Uh, they'd rather give you, you know, a thirty-minute open to raw with five guys talking in the ring to kind of spoon feed you where the storyline's going, as opposed to giving you. Uh, half that in promos and giving you a match that facilitates a storyline. And and it's interesting watching, you know, the two shows and philosophically how they're, you know, a bit different. And, you know, it, it's it, what, what I find intriguing with, with the, the two shows now is, number one, uh, is it a definitive rift between uh, Vince and Triple H? Um, and will we see, you know, the main roster and Raw and everything become more like NXT as Vince has faded out over the years? Uh, the second thing is, is NXT really getting guys ready for the main roster? Or is it, you know, it's almost like when I look at, you know, it's like if you were allowed to use aluminum bats in, in AAA and then, you know, you, you got to go right to wooden bats as soon as you make the major leagues. I mean, it's. It's it's so different philosophically on how they're running their shows. Uh, you know, I, w- I would think it would be quite a culture shock. It's like, yeah, I'm going up to the main roster, and then you're on the main roster. It's like, wait, I wasn't. I'm not allowed to do anything I was learning to do in NXT. 
Um, and what I'm finding intriguing is the story that I believe broke today when the Bellas were asked about NXT, and they flat out said, why would you want to come up to the main roster? They don't give us time. We would kill to have 20 minutes to put on a match, which to me is very telling. Um, so all intriguing points on, now I'm not, I'm not naive and I'm not an internet, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that NXT is better than Raw. Um, but I am saying there are a lot of points to NXT that I really enjoyed that I wish philosophically some of that was interjected into Monday Night Raw. And it's just, it's interesting to see one company have two programs, like I shouldn't say two programs, two rosters almost, because SmackDown and Raw have the same philosophy, and they have NXT. It's, it's very interesting stuff watching how the NXT is being run versus the main roster. Well, it's, it's night and day. I mean, you know, NXT is being broadcast on, um, you know, uh, streaming devices, on the, on the WWE Network. There, there's, it's, first of all, it's an hour show, and there's less commercials. You know, as opposed to watching Raw or SmackDown, which are two and three hour shows respectively, and NXT. You know, when I've watched NXT before, you might have like a, a couple of commercial breaks, but they're like a minute or two tops, and they're WWE related commercials. They're not normal television commercial breaks, which last roughly around five minutes. So they have more freedom as far as um, the allotted time that they're allowed to tell a story in the ring. Uh, you know, during their matches on NXT as opposed to Raw and SmackDown. You're on cable and network television, and you know you have all these commercial breaks that advertisers and sponsors are putting their products in, and you 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 have to kind of minimize the amount of time that you have um, on on TV. Especially, you know, a lot of people think, well, it's a three-hour show. How are they going to, you know, they they can they can you know have a match go on for 20, 30 minutes or whatever. But it seems like WWE with the main roster is going about the Vince Russo way. And what I mean by that is Vince Russo used to take talent, and he would try and cram as many guys onto a show as humanly possible to get them as much TV time. But they would only have two or three minutes each, you know, to get themselves over and get their get their persona over or their match or whatever. And that doesn't give fans enough time to really invest into that person's character, and that's including an and that's including an entrance as well. Um, the other theory and thought is, is that you know, like like one of the Bellas said, why would they want to come up to the main roster? Well, they're absolutely right. I mean, the main roster, if they have the the ability to get twenty minutes and perform, they'd probably tell a damn good story. But they're not getting enough time because television, you're 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 under restrictions, you're under limitations. Um, and the NXT guys, if they were brought up to the main, their frustration is they're not making enough money down what they're doing in NXT. But if they're brought up to the main roster, they they might make a little more money, but they're not going to be able to do what they did down in NXT. So it's almost like you got to pick your poison in a way, um, as far as the talent goes and where you want your 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 uh, your career to head um, to be headed. Excuse me. It's very interesting time in WWE, especially with these different um, brands, you know, the main roster and then the NXT brand. And like I said, I think that the NXT brand is almost like WWE's version of the indie scene, but better. But, you know, being told better, uh, under a better light, under on a bigger platform. Um, and then the main roster is, of course, obviously where all the talents want to be. But it, it's very interesting, and it's and, and it, 
I do believe that, yes, the future is bright with the guys that are down at NXT coming up to the main roster. Talent always shines through, no matter what. No matter what politics or anything, talent always shines through. Daniel Bryan's a perfect example of that. But it's just, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it, it almost makes me wonder, like, would I much rather have those guys stay down at NXT and perform longer matches and be able to tell a better story? Or would I much rather have them come up to the main roster and see them every week and have them get watered down? It, it, it's very, it's, it's a very interesting time with, with, with the talent WWE. Well, and what's interesting is, you know, I mean, where do you want to go? And again, is this a, you know, the WWE has decided NXT is going to be this sort of show, Raw and SmackDown are going to be this kind of show, or is it that, like, like is speculated across the Internet that there is a conflict and Triple H has his philosophy, and that's why NXT is like that, and Vince has a different philosophy. Um, you know, you bring up a lot of good points, Dave, and you do wonder, you know, part of the problem with, with John Cena over the years, and, you know, I, I like Cena a lot, and I, I really, you know, I, I get annoyed with the Cena haters, and I do think that the, the Cena hating thing uh, just became fashionable to do, and it was almost like as much as you thought you were being an anti-conformist, uh, you're being a conformist because you you had to chant that Cena sucked. Um, I don't blame Cena. I blame the WWE. And there was a time, it's gotten better, but there was a time where, you know, John Cena would be like in five segments and a match over the course of a Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, over the course of this year, what what we've seen with that they've done, and I think they could have, you know, at spots done a better job, but what we've seen with Brock Lesnar and and how he is special when he shows up um, and has added a, a lot to his character. Um, you know, you, I, I just start to wonder, like you're saying, you know, they have to cram everybody on the show in the three hours, and it kind of, you know, it becomes choppy, and certain people aren't getting enough time. And, you know, is it time moving forward as the WWE has become the place? I mean, that's the end-all, be-all. There's not really a secondary spot. If you're a wrestler uh, in the business, like, you want to get to the WWE. Um, And as, you know, a lot of the guys in NXT start to move up, I mean, does the WWE start to look at maybe keeping certain guys off of Raw every week? Maybe allowing so, so it's not oversaturated. So we're not looking at the same guys every week. So it's not a watered-down product that they, they, they... kind of like rotate people in and out of Monday Night Raw. So it's, it's it's fresh and interesting week in and week out. And, you know, maybe certain guys are on every week, but certain guys aren't, and you kind of, you know, start to allow for better match work on Monday Night Raw. Uh, because it is, it is a, a concern, at least for me, and I don't think I'm the only wrestling fan, that when you look at some of the guys on NXT, like you're saying, they're going to come up to the main roster, and I don't know if they're going to be able to make it. You know, it's... It, are they going to be given an opportunity? You know, are they going to be given an opportunity to give you a five-star match? And that's, like you said, talent shines through. Um, but I do think as time goes on, the main roster is going to get oversaturated, and maybe you need to look at, you know, who's on week in and week out and maybe change that up a little bit. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that you mention that because, you know, when, when we were, you know, younger and in the heyday watching wrestling, especially, you know, WWF television at the time, um, you know, Saturday mornings you used to get one hour of wrestling. You didn't have the entire roster on your one-hour show, but you had enough talent on your entire roster that you could spread out 
certain talents on different shows. So you wouldn't see Hulk Hogan every single week on Wrestling Challenge. You may see him on All-American Wrestling Sunday morning, but you wouldn't see him Saturday for Wrestling Challenge. You may see Jake the Snake and Randy Savage in the main event or, you know, Andre the Giant and King Kong Bundy or whatever. The point I'm trying to make is the NXT is only an hour. They got so much talent on that roster down in NXT, they taped four, four weeks' worth of, of television in one night. That's an hour. That's four hours of wrestling at the one-hour show in-ring action at those NXT tapings. They have enough talent where... One week you'll see Adrian Neville, but the next week you won't see him. You'll see Finn Balor instead. Or you'll see Tyler Breeze and Tyson Kidd against uh, Hideo Itami and, uh, you know, uh, 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 Sami Zayn. Then the following week you'll see Kevin Owens, and then you'll see the Lucha Dragons, or you'll see the girls, or, you know, they have so much talent that's spray out across that roster that they can handle and manage not having certain talents on certain shows. Um, for NXT, and it's kind of a formula that, that that WWE did years ago with the main roster. Like I said, they would take four weeks worth of television, but not every single member of the roster was on every single episode that they taped. So uh, it, they, they're kind of giving you the um, the less is more treatment, and that less is more treatment was also portrayed when WWE had the brand extension, when WWE split the rosters for Raw and SmackDown. You didn't see John Cena every single week on both shows. You saw him on one show. You saw Triple H on Raw. You saw Kurt Angle on SmackDown. You saw Undertaker on SmackDown. You saw them every week, but you didn't see him on both shows. So you had something to look forward to on Friday nights of seeing guys like Mysterio and Edge and Batista and Eddie Guerrero. And then on Monday nights, you had to look forward to seeing Triple H and John Cena and, you know, Shawn Michaels and names like that. To me... I wouldn't say go go necessarily back to the brand extension for the main roster, but maybe not having as much talent on each week and oversaturating that talent or even having them on one show and not putting them in as many segments would be best, not, I don't want to say best for business, but best for the overall presentation and product that is WWE. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, as they move forward and, and, you know, I think you could do a version of the brand extension when you don't come out and just say it's a brand extension. You know what I mean? Like, you don't necessarily have to have a guy that's, you know, exclusively SmackDown material. But maybe over a couple of weeks, you know, a guy, and I'm just throwing a name out there, but like a guy like uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler. Maybe a few weeks like Dolph Ziggler's not on Raw, and he just happens to be on SmackDown every week, and he's getting if not the main event on SmackDown, but one of, one of the later matches. You know, maybe they're, they're, they really uh, facilitate a story of Ziggler's more on SmackDown, and maybe he's off Raw. And it's not like he's a SmackDown talent now, and it's Raw versus SmackDown and all that stuff, but it's just, it just so happens that's the scheduling, you know, and you, you allow other guys to develop a little bit more. Um, you know, again, like it, it's just like the WWE is going to be saturated with uh, talent, and, and you just... I don't know, you just start to see that there are going to be certain guys that uh, may be lost in the shuffle. And philosophically, I, I think they're going to have to change a little bit because it's going to be a real shame after watching what's going on in NXT and, and the in-ring psychology. Like, I'd like to see more of that. and I'd like to see more of that on the main roster. And as the, you know, the, the years go on and things start to evolve, you know, again, that simple storytelling that's, that just works in pro wrestling. I mean, like right now, case in point, going into Fastlane, if I had my druthers and, and wanted to, you know, 
if I could book how I want to see things happen, I would have Dolph Ziggler come down and screw with the trip with the uh, Reigns versus Bryan match, and I'd have Reigns win after a great matchup, and Ziggler's insta heel, and then have Ziggler cut a promo that. You had your shot. I've never got my shot. I'm the best wrestler in, in the world. It, it's about me. And then have, you know, somewhere in the mid-card. Again, I don't care. My favorite wrestlers, I don't care if they're in the main event. I want to go to WrestleMania and see three, four hours, a four-hour great show. So I don't care where my guys are. I just want to be entertained for four hours. So if you're going to give me Daniel Bryan, Dolph Ziggler, and you're going to give him a half hour to, to give me a match? I'm sorry, I don't give a shit if that opens the show. Excuse my French. I want to see those two guys in the ring together. And that's simple storytelling. Ziggler comes down, screws him over. He's a heel now. Daniel Bryant's going to be obviously the face. And go from there and have him give us a five-star match. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just couldn't see that happening. I, just, I would like to see more of that old-school storytelling. Um, that, that in-ring psychology and, uh, you know, again, as, as NXT moves forward, I, I think what happens as a fan is the stuff that maybe you're tolerant of on the main roster, it kind of shines a spotlight uh, on the stuff you'd, you'd like to see more of on the main roster. And that, that's the thing that's interesting, you know, philosophically speaking. I feel like NXT accentuates some of the negative or the criticism that comes out of Monday Night Raw. Oh yeah, but like like I said earlier too, that that in a way is done by design, and that's the fault of WWE. You know, NXT is on their network, not as many commercials, more time to 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 tell a story in the ring, and Raw and SmackDown are on cable and network television, so there's more restrictions there, and so that's something that WWE ha- has to figure out. They have to restructure it, if they want, you know. If it's becoming an issue to the point where, you know, talent, our fr- main roster talent are frustrated that these guys down in developmental are getting more of a chance and more of an opportunity to, to shine and to show what they've got, then quite frankly, then maybe it's up to the talent to put their foot down with man- management and say, listen, we can do just as good, if not better, than those guys down there. There's a reason why you hired us. There's a reason why, we'll, you know, you want us to perform every week on TV, but give us the opportunity like you're giving them to do the things that they're doing, and we can show you that we can do it better. Maybe it's up to the talent to finally just put their foot down and say, hey, you know, we're tired of being restricted. We're tired of being handcuffed. You know, we, we can do that stuff too. This isn't a matter of, you know, they're better than us sort of thing. And maybe maybe it's management's way of trying to say to them, to, to the main roster talent, step it up by giving these NXT guys more of an opportunity and more of a, a platform to, 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 to shine. I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what the reasoning behind it is, but it's something that WWE management has created on their own. They've created their own monster in that sense, and now it's their turn to either figure it out or let the talent figure it out. Very interesting stuff, and after watching you know NXT last week, I mean, I'm... There's rumblings of some sort of NXT involvement or match or something at, at WrestleMania, and at this point, I'm I'm all for it. Hell, man, you know they, they bring back like a ladder match instead of having Money in the in, in the Bank uh, Championship contract. Uh, let's have a, a WWE contract and have a, a bunch of the NXT guys in a ladder match. Uh, the winner gets 
a WWE contract gets brought up to the main roster. I, I would sign up tomorrow for that. So remains to be seen, but NXT putting out some quality work. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. We want to hear from you. What is your take on NXT? What NXT is bringing to the table in comparison to the main roster? We want to hear your thoughts on what the WWE is doing philosophically with their, their brands, essentially. So give us a call. we got a few of you on hold. We're going to get to you in just a minute. But first, right now, before we get to you guys, we do this each and every week at the top of the hour. It's time for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. You heard the man. That's right, the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Only heard top of the hour every single Monday night here on the Ken Reedy Show, where I give you, in my opinion, the top five stories in the week of professional wrestling. Our first story this week. Mike Johnson of PWInsider.com broke the news this week that two-time WWE Hall of Famer, Nature Boy, woo, Ric Flair, has thrown his hat, or should I say sequined robe, into the very competitive squared circle of the podcast world. Flair has signed a deal with CBS Sports to host a weekly podcast interviewing professional athletes, television personalities, entertainers, Hollywood stars, and even professional wrestlers themselves. Flair joins the likes of Hot Rod Roddy Roddy Piper, Chris Jericho, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Goldberg, Jim Ross, Taz, as well as other wrestling personalities that tackle the world of podcasts. No date has been announced as to when Slick Rick will take the airwaves, but we should expect an announcement in the coming weeks. And as if the WWE Hall of Fame class couldn't get any bigger with the announcement of, oh yeah, macho man, Randy Savage, alone, WWE in recent weeks have announced celebrity inductee Arnold Schwarzenegger, the governor, and Rikishi to the 2015 class. Now reports out suggest that several more names could be announced in the coming weeks. One in particular, Ray Stevens, a Northern California wrestling legend, who was famous for his work in the AWA, tagging with fellow Hall of Famer Pat Patterson. Another name, Ivan Koloff, who beat fellow Hall of Famer Bruno Stamartino, snapping his record-breaking WWF title run, which that record still stands to this day. Another name, Kevin Nash, former WWF and WCW World Heavyweight Champion and founding father of the New World Order. And a new name that has surfaced recently, surprisingly enough, Japanese legend Henru. Henru appeared on WWE programming a handful of times. For instance, WrestleMania 7, where he partnered with Koji Kitao to face Demolition. Also, in 1993 and 1994, he made appearances in the Royal Rumble match itself. And in what was considered rare at that time in the early 90s, Henry faced off with the likes of Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, Ric Flair, and Yokozuna, respectively, when WWE traveled to Japan for a string of house shows. However, his most famous work in the wrestling industry came from his time with All Japan Pro Wrestling and the war promotion out of Japan. The news of his potential Hall of Fame nod comes surprisingly from a representative from WWE Japan office, and not too long after he announced his retirement 
from the business at age 65 just recently. As of now, all these rumored games, rumored games for Hall of Fame nods are just speculation at this point, but it's expected more names for the 2015 class will be announced fairly soon on WWE programming. It was at last week, you know, we just talked about NXT, that last week's NXT taping, last Friday night, that former WWE superstars The Man Beast, Rhino, and the Brian Kendrick made surprise appearances. As of now, both men are not signed to WWE contracts. Their appearances were, were designed by WWE to bring in experienced talent to help the NXT crew and prepare them for when they eventually make it to the main roster. As of this writing, WWE officials were very pleased with both Rhino and Kendrick's work, and it could lead to more former talent making surprise appearances to help out the NXT brand. My fourth story this week, I mentioned in, in my first story, former WCW and WWE superstar Bill Goldberg revealed on his Who's Next podcast recently that he's strongly interested in fighting for the glory kickboxing promotion. Goldberg stated, and I quote, I'm seriously considering it. I don't have anything to lose. I'm just competitive. Goldberg also stays trained three to four days a week. Right now, there's no word from Glory Kickboxing on who, when, and where Goldberg would be would be competing against at this time. And our fifth and final story season, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer is reporting that Ring of Honor will be returning to live pay-per-view from New York City's Terminal 5 on June the 19th, which so happens to be a Friday night, which so happens it would go head-to-head with a taped episode of TNA's Impact Wrestling on Destination America. If this is if this were indeed to happen, this would be the first time both companies go head to head with programming in the same time slot as Ring of Honor would be looking to turn viewers away from Impact Wrestling and purchase their best in the world pay per view event. As of right now, there is no official word on who will be appearing at the best in the world pay per view event for Ring of Honor. And there you have it folks that was a five news report. I hope you were entertained. I hope you were informed. Ken, back to you. Great stuff as always. And, you know, and I guess we, we, we I'm so immature. I was about to say, like, I guess we got to touch on this. And then I really didn't want to use that, that terminology. But, um, so you know, you I mean, <laughs> I, we, we had to address this a little bit because, you know, again, it was it was one of our. Uh, most popular posts ever, and an interesting scandal uh, in in the world of pro wrestling, and uh, uh, sparked kind of a heated debate on the Facebook page uh, with Seth Rollins, and uh, you know his his uh, his junk uh, being posted um, all over the internet. Um, you know, now, now it was one of those things. Like, granted, it was it was uh, without his his knowledge. Um, so it was an interesting situation, but, you know, you have, it's like one of those things where, you know, it was photographs that were taken in private that, uh, you know, were not for public uh, exposure. Um, they got, they became public. Uh, Seth Rollins is not responsible for making it public. However, uh, Seth Rollins is a star in a multi-billion dollar family-friendly uh, entertainment company. And, and I guess the debate on our page was whether... Uh, Rollins should be punished or not, and, and we're not going to, you know, go too far with this. It's not a, a, 
a topic for a long conversation. But I found it intriguing, the, the back and forth. If you didn't see it, head on over to our Facebook page and check out the conversation. Uh, but extremes of, of, you know, punishment, he shouldn't be punished. Um, personally, and, and my feelings on this, is I think there should have been some sort of suspension or punishment, um, only because I, I sincerely believe that this, if this was a diva, um, there would be some serious punishment. Um, the bottom line is this. In real life, um, you know, you may not have posted those pictures on your own, but you took the pictures. Uh, you were part of those pictures. And even though they were private, you took the pictures. You're a celebrity. Um, you're in a company. Again, multi-billion dollar family uh, enterprise. Now, I'm not saying you need to be fired or banned, uh, but I do think that some sort of discipline probably should have come down on, on Seth Rollins. Now, it may happen. It may not. Who knows? Uh, you know, a lot of times in the WWE, you almost feel like, well, they weren't definitively suspended, but all of a sudden their push is gone or, or they're being buried. So, And I don't want to see any of that with Seth Rollins. I, I slap on the wrist uh, just to kind of say, you know, you got to be careful, the, the, the stuff you do. Um but I, I believe there should have been some sort of ramifications uh, for the, the photographs. And, you know, we'll get on to, to other things. But quickly, Dave, your, your thought on the, the Rollins scandal? That's exactly what I was saying. If you go onto the Facebook thread, you will see I commented on this situation plenty of times. Regardless of who he intended to send it to, how it got out there, whether his Twitter account was hacked, or whether his fiance dropped the pictures online, Whoever, whatever the case was, he's a public figure. He represents a company whose television program is geared towards young kids, okay? People look up to him. He put himself in that position. Whether he intended to post it or not, we don't know. But we do know that he took the picture. It's plain as day. Seth should have kept his money in the bank, and he shouldn't have left it out there for everybody to see. But he put it out there, okay, knowing full well that... It could possibly leak. So I'm not saying fire the guy. Maybe a fine or a suspension of some kind, some form of a punishment for his contribution, his contribution to the fact. Because it's clear as day that he took the picture. He's a celebrity knowing full well that this kind of stuff could potentially happen. I don't care what anybody else's opinion is. I already had this argument with two people on that thread, all right? <laughs> my opinion you're, you're entitled to your opinion, too, and some of your points I do agree with, okay? But let's put it to you this way. If I'm sending my fiance pictures like that and post it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever else, then let me not take responsibility for my contribution to the fact. And I'll, and I'll play that I'm a public speaker and I shouldn't be punished story like some people have been claiming. So on that note, I'm done talking about Seth's money in the bank. Let's get on to other things. Yeah, and that's over. I just felt like since it became such a heated topic, we needed to at least address it. But uh, more importantly, I, I want to talk wrestling. I want to talk about what's going on. I, I think it's a, again, the, the biggest topic that is, is really what we open the show about. I mean, the WWE, um, between what the Bellas said, you know, we don't get 20 minutes, uh, what NXT is doing, what we're seeing on the main roster. Um, you know, I, I think when you when you have two you know, almost distinct brands and two programs that philosophically are so different under the same umbrella, um, it, it makes for interesting conversation. It makes for um, perhaps uh, some conflict within 
uh, the WWE. And like I said, the money thing, you get to the main roster, yeah, you're going to be making more money, but are you going to be able to to do what got you there? And that's uh, perform at a high level in 20-minute in minute five-star matches. And that's really the question. So that's what we want to hear from you guys. You guys bring it. I mean, what do you think of NXT? What do you think of the, the current state of the WWE? Did, does the main roster need to change philosophically? I, I want to hear your thoughts on this topic because I think it's a very, very intriguing topic. 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. Let's go out to the phones. And we got Anthony on the line here. Let's pull him up. Anthony, are you there? I'm here, guys. How you doing? Doing all right. How you doing? What do you got for us? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm going to leave the stuff on thing alone. Uh, I made my my comments felt, I guess you'd say, on the on the Facebook post. So I'll leave that alone. As far as let's, uh, let's, let's keep that subject hands off, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. Um, I know it's one of those things. It's a, one of those you know people get. Uh, you know, have their feelings about it and want to make it known, but I think it's something that should be left for, you know, other venues. But um, I love the uh, the NXT show again, of course. Uh, I thought the uh, Divas match was the best. That was my favorite um, out of all the matches, which it was It was not hands in the way my favorite because I thought the, uh, the Balor-Neville match was really good. And I actually like Bones and Zane. Um, they ain't really didn't get to work as much as we've seen them in the past, but uh, it was kind of like I said, cool psychology, cool storytelling. So that was really cool. But I think uh, a lot of the way they're, they're setting this up is is one of the biggest criticisms out there is they don't have any competition. So the main show's lacking from complacency or whatever you want to call it. Maybe you know Vince's tricking all of us and saying, yeah, Triple H is running that. And it sets up, maybe not an on-screen feud between them, but behind the scenes, let people talk about it. But they're setting up their own competition within the company. And also, by allowing these guys to kind of be who they are. You know, I've heard the Young Bucks and others turn down contracts because... They were afraid they wouldn't have any creative control, the whole thing on that. And maybe NXT is the way they're showing these indie, you know, ROH, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling guys saying, hey, you come here, you can perform the way you perform. You do have some level of creative control. You know, Prince Devitt comes over and becomes Finn Balor, but he's still, what made him popular, they're allowing him to do it. You know, uh, Zane, all these guys. So it may be a drawing card for them. I, I mean, I understand people saying the main roster are jealous. I'm not sure if I've used that word. I mean, I can't put words in anybody's mouth. But what do they really have to be jealous of? Granted, okay, maybe they have more creative control and they put on a great match. They're putting on a great match every two months. I watch NXT every week. And it's good, don't get me wrong. But the stuff you see on these takeover shows, you're not seeing the exact same thing every week. Plus, it's an hour program in a week, as opposed to, we'll leave the main event and the superstars out of it. You got Raw and SmackDown, basically five hours of programming that they're trying to fill. And Triple H even brought it up on the podcast. The three-hour Raw 
has presented challenges to them. So I think that's part of it. And I, the other thing, too, is, like, these guys are going to be wrestling at WrestleMania in six weeks or whatever it is, two months, whatever it is. It's nice. Yeah, we had this great match on NXT tape, TakeOver on the WWE Network. You know, in theory, a million people could watch it. I'm sure not every subscriber watches it. You're still not... You haven't made it yet. You're not in the WWE. You're not making the big dollars. You're not wrestling on WrestleMania. Maybe they haven't made it. There's a few guys that will be in a match, rumor, whatever. Still, you're not John Cena yet. You're not Randy Orton yet. And to be honest with you, and this is an honest critique, I don't see the next big guy on NXT right now, the next Cena, the next Rock, the next Austin, the next Hogan. I don't see that. I see a lot of really good guys that are going to entertain people, no doubt about it. But I don't see that main number one takeover, you know, next John Cena, the one that everybody's going to clamor to. I don't see that yet. And, you know, maybe he's out there, maybe he's not, but I don't I don't see it coming yet. So there may be people in the middle range that may be jealous. Like, I'm sure Zack Ryder's jealous as hell. He can't even get on and get a match, really. But a guy, a guy, uh, John Cena, Ziggler, Bray Wyatt, a, a Roman Reigns, a Daniel Bryan, what do they have to be jealous of? Explain. I don't, I don't see it. I really don't. The one thing, the one thing I, I do understand as far as jealousy, honestly, is is the the divas. Um, like if 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 you're, and again, you're making more money, so I get that. But if you're constantly, you know, fans are saying, "All oh, the divas suck, the divas suck, the divas suck." You know, they're no good. That's my bathroom break match, and and you're constantly as a diva, you're hearing that, and you and you're thinking, you know, I I know I can do more, I know I can do better. And then you sit down to watch NXT, it's like, wow, they gave those chicks 20 minutes. Why can't you give me the same? So I could see it from their point of view. Um, you know, and it, you're right. I mean, John Cena's not sitting there like, oh, I wish I was in NXT. Um, you know, I, I get that. But I could see it with certain areas of the, of the roster. Case in point, uh, the, the Divas. I mean, it's obvious on NXT that the women, it's just the fact that it's called the NXT Women's champion, and they don't have a stupid butterfly pink belt, and they have to call them divas. You know, it's it's taken more seriously. They're taken seriously as as parts of the program. So I totally get it with what the Bellas are saying. Your thoughts on that, Dave? I I, I do agree. I don't think it's Cena and some of the top level guys that are complaining about time because there's a reason why you're at the top of the main roster. You're getting more television time uh, as opposed to the mid-card and lower-card guys. I think those are the talents, as well as the girls that are that are, that are mainly frustrated with not necessarily the NXT talent, but just the opportunities that they are getting. And like I said, there's differences. NXT's a one-hour show, but they have less commercial breaks than they're on the WWE Network, where there's there, there aren't really commercial breaks. As opposed to Raw and SmackDown, like I said earlier, so I don't think it's jealousy towards the talent per se, but jealousy towards the opportunity talents down in NXT are getting that some of the WWE main roster talents aren't getting. But to be quite honest with you, and I've done my research on this, and you know I wanted to wait until I brought this up, but this isn't the first time something like this has happened. You know, WWE had 
at Ohio Valley Wrestling as a developmental territory in Deep South Wrestling. And you'd hear of some great matches that would come out of those development territories that don't have the restrictions that being on the main roster does. And you, there, there have been stories of some main roster talent being upset with NXT talent or developmental talent, I should say, for getting more time and more opportunities. This isn't the first time something like this has happened. I just think it's because NXT's on a bigger platform of the WWE Network. It's more relevant now. And that's where I think, that's where I think the, the rumored jealousy or whatever you want to call it is coming from because it's more out in the open now. I mean, we didn't have access to Ohio Valley Wrestling TV programming or Deep South Wrestling or Florida Championship Wrestling or whatever those developmental territories were. Now we have access to NXT on the network and it's seen more, and I think that's why a lot of these arguments are coming to fruition, at least from uh, some of the members of the main roster. Uh, yeah, I hear I hear you on that, too. But the big thing is, I started watching NXT through Hulu Plus before I had the network, and it's it's changed a little bit. I think they've definitely amped it up, and I think they're, they're definitely using it as, as a tool to sell the network. Um, I meant to tag you guys in on Facebook, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that. I don't know if you saw it or not. Uh, there was a Yahoo Business, two guys, Yahoo Business. One guy was basically saying, it was a video I saw. Uh, you could probably look it up. I could find it and tag you guys. But basically, there was uh, one guy pro-WWE, one guy against WWE, and, you know, they were financial guys who allegedly watched the product. Um, and the the guy who was against WWE basically brought up three, had three points to why they're going down the tubes. Not necessarily I agree with them, but just three points. Two were, to me, ridiculous. And one, I don't really know how to comment on it because I don't know enough about it, but it's basically three points where Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair are old. Okay, you know, because it's... The the whole show is about Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair now in his eyes, but whatever. His second point was, yeah, they got a million subscribers of WWE Network, but they did a free month in November, and they're doing a free month in February. So this video was, I think, late, June, late January when it was uh, dated. But my only point to that, against that, would be, I mean, when you get Netflix, when you get Hulu Plus, when you get... Uh, UFC.tv, uh, you could go on and on, Amazon Prime. Netflix gives everybody a free month right off the rip. Same thing with Amazon Prime. Uh, I believe Hulu's a week, UFC gives you a week. So everybody's giving you something free to drive you into the network. WWE is actually giving you less free time, if you think about it. New subscribers only are getting this free time. Um, so I don't really get that point. And his third point was on Wall Street, and this is where I don't know enough about it, but he could be right, was people, the investors, so to speak, are concerned life after Vince McMahon, who's going to run the company to the Triple H, is it Stephanie? I don't know enough about it. I don't know if it's a tandem. But I'm, knowing enough about Vince McMahon and how successful he's been, you would think that he's, been thinking about this for a long time and has already put it in place. I mean, it seems like creatively, Triple H is next up. Uh, behind the scenes, I don't know if it's Stephanie or to have somebody else, but 
basically those were his three points mm-hmm. saying it's going to go down the train because of that. I don't know if you guys agree with any of that or you want to comment on it or see it first, but I just thought it was interesting. No, I don't agree with any of it. Um, I, I think uh, I, I think you would. I mean, there's a couple things. I mean, number one, with the stock market, and I'm not real well versed on the stock market either, but anytime there's a change in power in any large company, the stock's going to dip, um, regardless. Uh, but money talks and bullshit walks, and if, if Triple H does a good job or whoever takes over does a good job, the stock will go up again. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's not tied to Vince McMahon. Um, you know, it might dip farther because Vince McMahon has been such a staple, but I, I don't see that. Um, you know, I mean, it happens. You know, people get old, people take over companies. It's just that that's how business goes. Um, as far as the network, I mean, I think people need to remember also, we're still like, you know, there have been some glitches. There have been some hiccups. There's, uh, you know, been some stuff that hasn't worked in the network. Maybe the numbers aren't where they need to be, but it's still new. I mean, it's still a fairly new thing that they're, they're getting going. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I think it's really too soon. To, I mean, I love the network. I think it's great. Um, you know, I think it's really too soon to really, you know, say, definitively say, I mean, I think it's great, but definitively say that it's going to be a success or failure, I think it's really too soon to say. So, you know, it, it's easy to say that, that something's going to fail, but I, I don't know. I, I I don't think those are hard to hold a tremendous amount of water. Uh, and we got some other calls to get to. Thanks. Good points. Interesting stuff as always. And uh, look forward to talking to you again uh, next week. All right, guys. Take care. Easy, brother. Thanks, man. Good stuff. I mean, interesting stuff, Dave. Uh, you know, I, I, it's weird getting into the business aspect of things. But, yeah, I mean, you would expect, you know, in any transition of power that there will be some sort of, you know, dip in the stock or whatever. But, I don't know. It's a multi-billion dollar company. I have a hard time believing that all of a sudden, you know, Vince is going to say I'm stepping down and the whole company's going to tank. I don't agree with it and I don't care to comment on it. <laughs> I'll just put it to you that way. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, it's funny that the naysayers love to, you know, think that think they're talking like intellectually like, ooh, well, when the transition of power starts, the stock's going to, it's like, you know, it's, I mean, if, if IBM was transitioning powers, I mean, people would be nervous. It's just, that's that's business. Let's go back out to the phone, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call, and that people have been on hold for a while. And we have Rocky on the line. Rocky, are you there? I am here, Ken. How's it going? Doing all right. How are you doing? What do you got for us tonight? Well, uh, some interesting some interesting stuff. Uh, as far as the whole, uh, just to quickly touch on the uh, previous conversation, I can say as full disclosure at WWE stockholder I really have no fear and uh, I think that the company will be quite fine be it in Stephanie's hands be it in Triple H's hands what have you that's really all I'm going to say about that but uh, as far as NXT and its place in the WWE you, to generate friction with some of the superstars that was probably to be expected because let's face it like like it was said before we never had you never had that much access to Ohio Valley wrestling. You never really had that much access to the Florida federations as far as you know TV exposure and whatnot. And definitely going into this age of you know watching TV everywhere except the TV. Now that you have that accessibility, you get to see this uh, young, new, exciting roster of people 
show what they can do. Now, that being said, I don't think anyone on the WWE roster really has a lot to worry about um, because NXT, all credit where credit is due, it, it was a, a great organization created by Triple H and it lets the, the young talent shine. But from what I've seen, you know, these guys are still really, they're still learning the craft. You know, that they, they put on some great matches. But like it's been said before, these matches, you know, they're not going in week after week after week doing TV. And they're, they're, you don't have these guys in front of the type of sold-out crowd you get every pay-per-view putting on matches where the pressure is really on. Now, that, that being said, I think it offers a great opportunity to, for workers to develop their characters, to develop some good rivalries, to know who you, who you work with well, who you maybe don't work with so well or you need to work on. So when that time comes, and I, I did like your idea of the, of the, you know, WWE contract on a pole or a ladder match or what have you, you know, when the time comes, when you step into the big times, it's not so much of a jarring transition. Because if, if you remember in the, old, in the old times, whenever anyone jumps from, say, WCW, ECW, the indies to WWE, every one of those workers no matter how seasoned, usually cited a real big transition period into, way, into the way WWE does things. And I think this mitigates some of that time spent just feeling out the whole process. What do you think? I think it's an excellent point. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think it's like Triple H has set it up as, as a, learning, uh, a learning ground and a uh, a training ground, and it is, you know, a stepping stone. I guess, like, again, like I said, you know, earlier in the show, my my fear, if I wanted to look at the negative, is are they truly preparing them for the main roster? Uh, because the philosophy seems so different uh, on each show. And as you, like you're saying, on NXT, if you're honing your craft, and, you know, you're you're, you're allowed this time, uh, and then you're getting up to the main roster, and you're you're not being allowed at the same time, and it's a, it's a different philosophy. So, I, I think NXT is great. It's just you know the analogy I used before is it's like in Triple A, they let you use aluminum bats, and then all of a sudden you got to the uh, you know major leagues, and it's like now you have to go to wooden bats, and it's, it's like why why did you let us use aluminum in Triple A? That makes no sense, and so. Um, I think the transition might be tough, but but who knows? I think it's great, and I think it's a great learning uh, process for them to be going through in NXT. But uh, I don't know. I'm wondering, you know, how the transition would be to the main roster. Your your thoughts on this, Dave? Um, well, it's interesting. You, you know, it's a, a a good point that that you bring up there, Rocky, and it's something that you know I want to touch upon just briefly for a moment. Is that you know, are they truly getting time to to really prepare for the main roster? Yes and no. I think, and I've, I've, I've heard interviews, I've watched, you know, footage and, and, and documentaries and things of that nature about Triple H and how he is now as, as far as a businessman goes and being NXT is his baby. That NXT development system, whatever you want to call it, that brand, it seems like it's being designed for those guys to get prepared for the main roster in a small way. Not just only adjusting to the WWE style in ring-wise, 
but also the overall production of what a WWE-style wrestling show is all about. You know, they have the the the, the cameras, the way this the way they're set up, the ramp, the entrances. They have these guys. You know, which side of the ring do you come out on? Which rope do you use to to, to use as a part of your entrance, sort of thing? They prepare these guys down there for all facets of when you get to the main roster in television. Because when you're in an arena with twenty thousand people, you know sometimes the electricity and the vibe that that audience brings to you might throw a guy off and he might not know where the hard camera is to go pose in front of when he's doing his entrance. Or I mean, he might not know which side of the ring he's supposed to enter on or where the broadcast cable is sort of thing. So that NXT arena that they have down there is, is in some way a small blueprint of how those guys get used to the production aspect of a WWE television show. And here's another point I wanted to make too, that I think really separates what NXT is and what the main roster is. The main roster, Raw and SmackDown, they have about almost 30 television writers. 30 television writers, okay? For two, for, for five hours of television programming a week, okay? NXT, from what I've heard, yes, they take their shows, four shows in one night, once a week, or once a month, I should say. They have maybe two, three, three guys writing their shows. Now, back when all of us watched wrestling in the heyday, and I've done some research on this, there've only been a there was never a writing team or a committee of guys that wrote the television program. It was maybe three, four guys at the most. You know, back in the heyday, it was Pat Patterson, Gorilla Monsoon, and Vince McMahon, and then it turned into you know Vince Russo and Jim Cornette and Bruce Pitch, Pritchard, and you know Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara, and then it became you know Stephanie McMahon when she got more in power in WWE, she had started writing. You know, having writers from Hollywood come in. Hell, NWA, Jim Crockett, Dusty Rhodes was the one guy that wrote the book. So you got to think, too, that, that the amount of people that are writing the show and micromanaging each show tells a big difference in the product, you know, respectively. 30 guys writing for Raw and SmackDown as opposed to three or four guys writing for NXT. Too many hands in the pot and too many cooks in the kitchen might screw up the recipe you know, for, for 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 the perfect meal or the perfect you know dish or whatever you want to call it, and that's I think is a is a is a telling tale as far as um, the differences in the product between NXT and the main roster television programs. No, that's that's absolutely true, and you know, as far as far as the workers themselves are concerned, at least from my observation, you some of your best guys. Some of you guys who have made names for themselves that are indelibly etched into the WWE history, uh, Jericho, uh, even go go far back into Hogan. The, uh, these guys have wrestled not only in WWE but in a lot of different styles. Be it in Japan, be it be it on the Luchador scene, uh, you know, down south Mid Valley Wrestling. And it's those guys who are able to adapt and who are able to to read the crowd no matter what situation they're placed in. Those are the guys, nine times out of ten, if I'm a betting man, that they're really going to take the company places. And I think, I'm not saying NXT is, a, is certainly by no means the, you know, the one-stop shop for all those styles or or whatnot, but it's definitely a place to, uh, a place to learn. 
it, it's another facet than what otherwise could be a gem of a wrestler. I, again, I think they're all excellent points. I think the guy, the guys that you know have more under their belt and more in their repertoire are the guys that obviously are going to have more of a chance to succeed. It's just a, it like I said, I just find it intriguing because I feel like NXT has such a different philosophy, and I'm loving the in-ring psychology that I'm not really seeing um, as much of on, on the main roster. And uh, it, it, it's interesting, you know. I just keep thinking. Is this an evolution process? Is this going to be where the company is going to go as a whole down the road as Triple H gets more and more power? Or is this just going to be the way it is? And, and NXT is going to have their, their brand of, of wrestling, and the main roster is going to have theirs. It's just I, I find it very intriguing to see where exactly this is going to go. Rocky, great stuff. Thanks a lot for giving us a call. Uh, give us a buzz next week. Remember, we're on... Uh, Saturday doing our pre-show, and then we'll be back on Monday in our normal time slot. So, uh, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, brother. Lots of good stuff uh, from Rocky. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's just, I, you know, and again, we're we're, we're talking about the, the bulk of the show. It's uh, the competing philosophies between uh, the main roster and NXT after, you know, NXT continues to put on good good shows. It's, uh, it's a really interesting topic to, to dissect, Dave. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's 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 definitely. I mean, obvious to to most fans, it's night and day. Um, as as far as you know, NXT is a more intimate setting. It's in a smaller venue. Um, it gives you a little bit of what to expect on the main roster in terms of production quality. But the in ring is. I mean, to be quite honest with you, you know, WWE has always been known to be the land of the giants. Well, down in NXT, you don't see too many giants down there. You know what I mean? You see a lot of, 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 of much smaller guys that, that care more about the work, um, that their work rate is what really is making their character um, down in NXT. And it's, it's in some ways, can be seen as a indie, indie, fan, indie wrestling fan's dream to have these guys being who they are with a slight twist to their personality. Because let's face it, Kevin Owens, you know, he's, he's been known as Kevin Steen, and, and, and uh, Sami Zayn was known as El Generico, and, and Finn Balor is known as Prince Devitt. I mean, you're seeing, yes, a name change and slight alteration, but you're still seeing what really made them famous and what got them signed to WWE down in NXT. And then there's the main roster, and the main roster, just a lot of things don't seem very... As of late, I would say very organic. There's still some great aspects to, to watching Raw and SmackDown and, and, and stuff on the main roster, but like we said a few months ago on, on, on this show, I think I think the main roster and the way that they present television on Raw and SmackDown and just wrestling in general, even TNA as well, I think there just needs to be like an overall uh, an overhaul to the format and how things change. And maybe NXT and the fans pushing for longer matches and, and, and better storylines eventually down the road for when Triple H does become the man in charge with you know along with Stephanie, we may see some sort of overhaul to the format um, of how you produce Monday Night Raw and SmackDown every week. I don't know. But it's, it, it is definitely a very interesting time. And like you said earlier, as far as like the network goes, like it's still really in its infancy. You can't really say whether it's going to sink or whether it's going to swim just yet because they're, you know, 
I think it's a good place. I think it's in a good place right now in terms of like when it was presented because there are a lot of other television formats out there that are trying to become a you know a, a, a streaming service. You know, HBO is doing it, CBS is doing it. You know, a lot of other entities are eventually going to become their own streaming service, and I would say probably in about ten years, cable TV is going to have a, a hard time competing with these other services. And I think by having WWE jump on this jump on board early on right now and in, in this technology wave and, and this change in how you, you know, watch and present television. I think it's a smart move on their part. I agree. I mean, the WWE network right now between showing the current product, showing the up and coming stars, and then giving you a window into the, the, the past. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just can't say enough positive in, in the network. And, you know, it's interesting. It, you know, we do it. I mean, we do this show every week. And and business is the same way. And, you know, it's a lot of things in life. You know, you, you can't you can't take a pulse on a daily basis. But we do. You know, and, and a lot of times, you know, you, you like with wrestling, you, you might criticize something that happens on Monday Night Raw. But six months down the road, it made sense on how the storyline, you know, unfolded. And the same thing with business. I mean, you know, business, you know, a couple of years. Give it a couple of years, three, four, five years, and then, you know, talk about whether the WWE Network is a success. I agree with you. I think they've jumped on at the right moment. Uh, I think it's a great service. If you're a wrestling fan, I, I mean, you know, as fans that decided they had to cancel the network because, because their precious Daniel Bryan did not win the Royal Rumble, I mean, come on. I mean, as a wrestling fan, I mean, even if you love Daniel Bryan, and I do, but I mean, it can't. As a wrestling fan, man, you're gonna you're gonna take like Daniel Bryan and put him as a priority over your your wrestling fandom as a whole. I mean, for nine ninety nine a month, for the, the new programming you get, the the archive stuff you get, um, hey man, I, to, to to say that the network isn't, I, I, to me, it's just the greatest thing. Uh, as a wrestling fan that you could ask for. So, you know, I mean, people like to be negative, um, but I, I don't think, you know, again, doing a show like this, we are taking a pulse on a weekly basis. Um, but really to see if a, something like the network is a success, um, you're, you're going to have to look at it years down the road a piece. Let's go back out to the phones. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're, we're talking NXT tonight. We're talking NXT, WWE, main roster versus the up-and-comers. We got Mike coming on the line. Mike, NXT, did you, did you see? What are your thoughts on, on the program and, and in reference to the main roster? Give it to us, Mike. All right. Well, I'm here tonight to give it to you. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to bring it. Hold on one second. Okay, I'm ready to bring it. Yeah, okay, now bring it. Yeah, I'm ready. I liked uh, NXT. I thought it was great. Um, I'm hearing a lot of people saying that the the guys on the main roster are jealous. They're not jealous. They're frustrated. They're just a little upset because the WWE is taking it into a different you know way. NXT into a different different way than they're than they're doing with Monday Night Raw. They you know. Mike, they, I think, uh, I think they, I'm gonna let you get your point up. But I just want to say I think you really hit the nail on the head and that's the perfect word to use like if you're if you're an artist regardless of how much you're getting paid or not and I'm, I'm using the word artist but yeah you're going to be frustrated and, and maybe you're right maybe that's a better word for us to be using than jealous that's an excellent excellent point that if, if you know if you're on that main roster and you know 
you can put on a five-star 20-minute match and they're just not letting you, that would be frustrating. And that's, that's an excellent point. It's not jealousy so much as frustration. Continue. I think that's what it. I think that's what it is. I mean, listen, we all watch Monday Night Raw, okay, um, and and we watch the pay per views. But the but Monday Monday Night Raw, what happens? Music hits, right? We get guys come out there and uh, they talk for thirty minutes. Then other guys' music hits. Then another guy goes to the ring and he and he and he talks and then he talks and then the next thing you know, it's almost like Stone Cold Steve Austin said, "How come we're seeing?" more in-ring promos than guys having matches. And McMahon says it's storytelling. Okay, I understand it's storytelling, but let me tell you something. I watched NXT. I loved it from the beginning to the end. My favorite match on there was definitely Finn Balor versus Adrian Neville. Um, I loved the Sami Zayn um you know, match with with the, well, I'll call it the massacre because Kevin Owens just brutally took it to him, and it reminded me like John Cena versus Brock Lesnar, and again, um, you know who's Owens? You know Owens is doing power bomb after power bomb. It's like enough already. It's like the same thing with the uh, German suplexes. I've seen enough of it, but all the matches were good. The the, the listen the women's match. It was good, it, you know. Banks, the boss, she deserved to win. Yeah, it was, it was just unbelievable matches. That's what you got out of a two-hour show. Now, Jim Ross um, on his podcast said that he thinks that Monday Night Raw should go back to two hours and kick the dirt hour because it's not doing any any good. What do you I, think yeah, about I agree. that? I agree. Good, well, of course you would, Dave. You agree with everything, buddy. You're an agreeer. You love it. You love you love to see two hours of Monday Night Raw. You wouldn't yeah. want the third hour. No, you know. No, I, I, I'm a, I, well, yeah, I guess I'm an agreeer, as you would say. You're I mean, an agreeer, no, my friend. <laughs> yes. We've talked about this on the show, but, Dave, your thoughts on ongoing to, to back to two hours? Yeah, because sometimes three hours drags, and they don't have enough good content. They re- most of the time in the three-hour programs, they replay a lot of stuff. Okay? They recap a lot of stuff that happened earlier in the night. If you're not watching the show, they want you to make sure that you didn't miss the opening segment or the main storyline. And in some cases, that's needed. But not every single week. Okay? And I think that they sometimes get lost for, for, for content. Triple H even said it on his podcast, it's hard to write a third hour of television. Okay, but it makes you know those. Remember when they used to have the three-hour raws, the big you know the, the, the big spectaculars? It felt like you were watching a pay-per-view. Uh, you know, in some cases with the specials that they would do, like either a legend special or the old school or whatever. You know, now you can't do those because raws you know regularly three hours every week, and sometimes you just get distracted. You know, and I, I just don't think that a third hour is necessary. Two hours. For me, it's suffice and complete. So, yeah, I, as you would say, I'm an agreeer, even though that's not a word, that goddamn dictionary, with Jim Ross. Yes, it should go back to two hours. Yeah, but it's my word, Dave. It's my word. It's the people's word, Dave. It's my word. And it's how I want to use it, my friend, like I said. So, yeah, you're an agreeer, my friend. You're an agreeer. Okay. Thank you. uh, But that's the way it is, man. That's my dictionary, and that's how we're going with it. That's how we're going with it. But anyway, yep. like I was saying, like Maybe I was saying, going with it, 
That's how we're going with it. Like I was saying with the tonight, you know, we're going to have Ric Flair come out and we're going to have him uh, talk to Triple H about how to handle Sting. You know, he's another another guy, and eventually we'll probably get Hogan out because Hogan didn't handle Sting too good, and uh, Flair didn't handle Sting too well. And, uh, you know, we're going to have that tonight, and also tonight we're going to have Dusty Rhodes try to put his boys back together. I see them wrestling at WrestleMania, I think. Or, you know what, if if they wanted to, they should they should put them in a in a match at Fastlane. And they and tonight we have to get more than uh than three uh three matches. My buddy's at the top rope. Oh our buddies at the top rope, uh Mr. Trivia and, and Greg the Nuxter, they were talking to me yesterday, we were talking about Fastlane and they asked me, you know, what what do I think about the matches? Shouldn't there be more announced? And I'm surprised that we don't have more announced. Well, I mean, I think we'll get more of an idea of what the show's going to be tonight, obviously. Um, you know, it's weird because, you know, as much as, like, the, the big story, obviously, in Fastlane is, is Reigns versus uh, Brian, um, I don't, I, like, I'm not juiced about this pay-per-view. And, and you know, they, it's weird because the commentators and everything, you know, just keep talking about the road to WrestleMania. And it's just like, you know, Fastlane is more of a speed bump, you know, on the road to WrestleMania. So, uh you know, we'll see what happens tonight. Hopefully, we get an entertain. Hopefully, we get an entertaining three hours. Um, but it's weird, Dave. I mean, it's you know, it's on the road to WrestleMania. But I find myself as a fan almost thinking, all right, let's just get past Fastlane so we can really, uh, really get on our way to WrestleMania. I, I can't say I'm excited about this pay per view. I guess the only excitement is as soon as pay per view is over, now we're really full force uh, on our way to WrestleMania. Your thoughts on Fastlane, Dave? I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised that there's only been three matches announced. Um, I think that's the, the – the, it's been the norm for, for a lot of pay-per-views um, WWE's done over the years that, you know, maybe they'll have three or four matches announced, and you know, for the pay-per-view, and then the go-home show, they just kind of throw the rest of the card together. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that they – you know, now that WWE airs their pay-per-views on the network and – the and you know the pay-per-view buys for people who still buy WWE pay-per-views in a traditional format have gone drastically down in the in recent months. I think WWE feels like they don't need to advertise a full card for a pay-per-view because people got the network for 9.99 as it is. It's not like they're going to be go. I mean, it's it's, it's not like they're going to be canceling their subscription um, if you know the WWE Fastlane pay-per-view doesn't live up to what a normal pay-per-view should be because there's so much other content that could satisfy your needs by having WWE Network. Do I think it's a smart move? No, I don't. I think if they were to promote this pay-per-view as being, you know, can't miss and have a few more matches added onto the card, you may get people that might be inclined more to watch, you know, WWE Fastlane with this free network subscription, excuse me, and eventually stay with the WWE Network, but I think they're—I think it's also the fact that they're banking on this—it's the, the free month. The last time they did something free for the network, a hundred thousand people bought the WWE Survivor Series pay-per-view traditionally by ordering it through their cable system. So that also goes to show to you as well that people are still used to watching TV the original old-fashioned way, and it's just a gradual prog- process and progress for WWE to eventually be phasing out regular traditional pay-per-views. It's not going to change overnight, but 
it doesn't shock me one bit that they've only got three matches announced um, on the card, but it is what it is. That's, that's how it goes, but they probably feel like, well, people are just going to buy it anyways because it's, you know, part of the free portion of the network this month. Or maybe tonight we will have more matches announced. And, uh, you know, and maybe I also think... Yeah, and I also think that, and I also think that they should they should definitely have more women's matches. In in and yeah, everybody's like, oh, enough with the women. But you know what? The, the women are the women are just as important as the men are. And uh, I I think I I definitely I definitely think they should do more with the women and, and uh, have some interesting storylines and 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 let's rock this thing, man. Let's take it to the next level. You know, let's say. Look what we can do, NXT. Step up. You create competition in within your own company, and it, it and it and it just builds and builds and builds. And uh, competition is healthy, and I think they need to step it up. I think they definitely need to step up to the plate and deliver less promo, more wrestling, and uh, let's get and let's keep let let's see what they can do with the third hour. Let's keep the third hour until they're ready to get rid of it. I mean, you know, hey, when Hulk Hogan was in in TNA, you know, they they got rid of the, the he got rid of the six sided ring. Well, guess what's back? That stupid six sided ring. So, so there you go. Now you got six sides back. Hogan's gone, and and now they and everybody can dance in the six sided ring. You know what I'm saying? So you never know. It could go back to two two hours. It's just um, funny, like, I mean, with the third hour, it just seemed like, and it's weird for a multi-billion dollar company, that when they went to the third hour, it just seemed like they really didn't have a plan for the third hour. It was just, let's let's just make the promos a little longer, let's show <laughs> some more replays, and just we'll throw a bunch of crap in when we need to, just to fill up the third hour. Like, philosophically, you know, they didn't look at it and say... All right, well, let's. We're going to add a third hour. What can we add to be entertaining? They just basically added filler. So I mean, if you really look at Raw, and you start to subtract, like the filler crap, and and the replays, and and you know the, you know you you see a promo, and then they have to come back from commercial moments ago, and they show you the same thing again. If you cut all of that out, it's probably like a two-hour show. So they didn't. Like, it's a weird thing for a company. As big as the WWE, to me, they never really definitively had a, a, a creative plan to, to do something really good with that third hour. They just kind of took the same show and tried to stretch it out. So it la- it's almost like when you go out there, guys, just talk a lot slower. So, I mean, that's the kind of – so it just seemed weird to me. Like, I wish they kind of gave you something more where – they added a segment, or they, they did something just to kind of make that third hour make sense. So, I'm glad. Go ahead. I, I say, hopefully, you know, at some point they kind of hit their stride. But I think Dave brought up an excellent point. You know, when you had that special three-hour RAW, it, it felt like some like you were seeing a pay-per-view for free. Now that it's three hours every week, it, it's tough. And a lot of weeks, you know, there are a lot of weeks I'm watching RAW, and you know, it, it's like a quarter after nine and I'm like, Oh my God, it's only a quarter after nine. Like, you know, it just, it just starts to drag and, and, you know, and, and, and the thing is, it's tough. It's not easy to put together three hours of entertainment on a weekly basis. I mean, they, they 
they put themselves behind the eight ball doing something like that. It's easier to be entertaining. You know, there's a reason why SNL had, like, trouble filling up an hour and a half, and at times, like, people loved In Living Color, and In Living Color was a half hour. It's easier. The shorter it is, it's easier to be entertaining for a shorter period of time. So, I mean, you know, hopefully at some point they'll hit their stride, but I personally, as a fan, especially with someone that has limited time over the course of, of a week, uh, I would I would like to see Raw go back to a two-hour program. It just, to me, would make... Uh, a lot more sense, especially with the network, because there's so much more to watch now. Um, I, I just think two hours just makes more sense. And uh, we're yeah. up against it, Mike. It's, it's just about the end of the show, so uh, thanks for the call. And uh, give us a remember, we're on on Saturday for our Fastlane pre-show. Got our Oscar show on Sunday, then we'll be back on Monday for the wrestling. What time uh, is your pre-show on Saturday? Are you going to let us know? Uh, yeah, that that's, that show's going to be 3 to 4.30. 3 to 4.30 on Saturday for our Fastlane pre-show, and... Uh, we're going to go 6.30 to 8 o'clock for our Oscar show, uh, The Pop Life, on Sunday. That sounds really, that sounds really, that sounds like money in the bank. That sounds uh, like, like, like the money in the Mike. bank. Thanks for the call, Mike. We'll talk to you. Hopefully All right, we'll talk to you next week. week. You Take got it. it. Bye-bye. That's some good points. Bye. Bye. That, was, that was a good point, you know, um, and I guess I'm agreeing with Mike, too, so I'm an agreeer. As well, but I, I do like the term frustrated, and and I could see where if you're, if you're making more money, you're not necessarily jealous, but as an artist, as a performer, as someone who's maybe not being given the creative freedom that someone else is being given, I can see being frustrated. Yes, yes, and and I I, I think I made mention of that earlier that that the talents were very frustrated um, with the 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 way that. The NXT talents are getting better opportunities than them. Um, I never heard anything in any reports I read about any kind of jealousy, but um, you know, yes, Mike made a very good and coherent point on the, uh, the, the subject matter. And that's good stuff. You know, I had I had fun tonight, man. I mean, we're, we're last minute of the show. We got about forty seconds left. Uh, it was cool, kind of dissecting NXT. It was a different vibe for us, but uh, good stuff tonight, Dave. Yes, it, it was. It, instead of you know talking about the same shit that we normally do with what's going to happen on Raw and SmackDown and this, that, and the other, um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, especially considering that it was a really good show and it really had something for us to sink our teeth into. Good stuff. Remember, a different schedule coming up this weekend, 3 to 4.30 on Saturday afternoon. We're going to give you the Fastlane pregame. Pop Life is back 6.30 to 8 o'clock. We're going to give you our pre-Oscar show. We'll be back next week doing the wrestling and regular scheduled time slot on Monday. For Dave, I am Ken. Have a good night, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.